A couple of days ago, I had a chance to talk to Dwight Bain, and I was just having a rough day. And so I thought, hey, I'm about to get a half hour with someone who has been a counselor for over 30 years. I just need to throw it out there and then listen closely to whatever he says. And the things that Dwight says that you're going to hear in today's show um, has helped me as I am formulating a plan for these next couple of weeks. I'm going to be taking some vacation time with my family and I'm going to a place near the ocean for a couple of weeks. And because of what Dwight says on today's show, I have a plan that I'm going to sink my life into. And so I just appreciate Dwight Bain. And I'm so glad that you get to spend this time with him as well. If you ever want to reach out to him, you can find him at DwightBain.com. You can hear the shows that he's done up until this point, all of them. You can um, listen to them at LifeWithLisaWilliams.com. Just click on Dwight's picture and all his shows will come up. And um, also, I just wanted to take a moment before we get started to acknowledge Cure International. I'm so excited to partner with Cure so that you can hear today's show. Cure is about healing. They heal kids and then they tell the kids about the healer. It's epic what they do. And I'd love it if you had some time over the next couple of weeks while I'm on the beach, you come to lifewithlisawilliams.com and find out more about the great things God is doing through Cure International. I'm just a radio girl. I love things that talk to me. You LOL. I did. I truly laughed out loud. I'm Lisa. I'm great. Everything's fine. Somebody just wrote on my Facebook page, please get your mom on Facebook. We want to be her friend. Do you want to be on Facebook? What is that? Are you on Twitter? I talk to the mailman. Is that Twitter? Life with Lisa Williams is like a cake. Right around in the sun. Exactly. Put a sprinkler in the yard. This is life. This is this, this is this is life. This is life. 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 This is Life with Lisa Williams. I'm kind of messed up today. So I was wondering if I could be the poster child of anyone who is messed up today. (laughs) (laughs) You think that might work? (laughs) What might work is just just making me laugh because I've known you for a long time. And and I'm thinking, (laughs) you just figure figure this out? They're, they're. You know, long time ago, people could have helped you with this one. It's like, you know, hey, let me, you know, come here, come here, let me help you. You're messed up. I've, uh, I'm going on vacation in a few days and Julie Thomas and I were just talking. Well, she was listening and I was crying and talking and she said, why don't you read soul keeping again? And when she said it, everything in me went, yes, yes, that's what I need because I have not been soul keeping Dwight. No. You know? I've just been giving. I've just been doing this crazy giving, extending myself beyond my own limits and giving, giving, giving. And I just feel fried. And I know you love soul keeping. So I thought maybe that was something you would want to talk about today. Well, I can talk about soul keeping, but, uh, you know, because soul keeping is the idea of your, you know, if your life had a spring inside mm-hmm. and you needed that clear, clean water. But let me give you a little different spin on it. Okay. Because Jesus taught that 75% of people who hear a very positive, life-changing message won't get it. Did you know that 75% fail? Yeah. Like you're talking about, he talked about the seeds. Yeah. Yeah. And only, okay. So it's like like, more about the soil, the soil. Cowie, that's right. And what kind of soil it is. And only one of the four 
Yeah, one out of four. So seventy five percent don't get it. I don't want to be in the seventy five percent. Right. So so here's here's the so the people that aren't familiar with the teaching yeah. of the master, you know, teacher Jesus in, in Matthew chapter thirteen, he said the seed, this message, it's gonna change your life. It's gonna change your life. It really will change your life. And I've been in that group. But the problem is, and, and I say this because sometimes people who've been involved with religion you know, somebody will drag them to church or they'll, you know, take them to Easter or Christmas Eve candlelight service. And, and, and they'll say, I didn't really get anything out of that. That just doesn't mm-hmm. do anything for me. See, it's not the seed. It's not the message. The message will change your life. It's the soil. And, and Jesus said, let me explain. Because if you take, you know, seed and, and, and of anything, you know, you take corn, you take wheat, you know, pick, pick a product and you put it on um, the interstate. You put it on interstate 10. That runs, you know, the entire country. And, and it's not going to grow on an interstate. It right. can't grow on rock. And some people's soil, a.k.a. otherwise known as their heart, their ability to hear, their heart's like a rock. And sometimes it's because they've made some pretty selfish choices. And sometimes it's because their heart is so hard because they've been abused or violated in some way. And they, they just mm-hmm. keep their heart hard to protect themselves. But also a hard heart blocks you from being able to to hear this life-changing message but jesus also said there's some people they've got a little bit of soil but they've got a whole lot of gravel and not much grows there because there's too much gravel there's too many things in the way and then he said then there's another group and this to me is the most dangerous group and it's where there's just a bunch of weeds and his disciples got real confused by this and so after the crowd left they said we don't understand this whole seed and soil thing what is this about and Jesus said, okay, let me, let me make it simple to you. Because if you don't have your heart right, you'll hear something, but you won't really hear it. You'll see something, but you won't really see it. Because this is a heart issue. There's something going on inside. He said, a hard heart, nothing grows there. It's like Satan can literally just snatch away any truth. The person's life doesn't change at all. It, the gravel is like character issues that I'm not working on. And so I might hear something good here, hear life with Lisa Williams and say, oh, that's a pretty good idea, life changing idea, but it doesn't last long. Maybe even in five minutes later, I'm no different because I've got too many character issues in my life. Now, the weeds, the most dangerous one, that's the kind of soil that's so cluttered with worry and opinions and gossip and reality TV and social media and distraction, distraction, busy, busy, go, do that you can hear a life-changing message, but it gets so caught up in the clutter. And Lisa, you've, you've probably seen this. Sometimes people, and they're sitting in church and they're checking their Facebook status or doing words with friends or Candy Crush. And they, they, they're not hearing what's really going on. They might hear the word, but it has no impact on them. Because Jesus said, it's not the seed, it's not the message, it's the soil. Mm-hmm. This is why you buy a best-selling book. You get, you know, John Ortberg's book, Soul Keeping. Fantastic book. You hand it to someone. You say, this book really helped me. And they kind of roll their eyes at you. And you pick up their eyes and roll them back and say, well, you know, come on, read the book and change your life. And they look at you funny. Because if you don't have the soil ready, I, I, I can give you books all day long. I can drag you to Christian concerts. I can take you to church. I, I can spend a lot of time and energy and money. But if that person's heart and mind are not focused, they're not going to get much out of it. Does that make sense, Lisa? Yeah. I mean, I'm just really hanging on to every word, to be completely honest, because 
I don't want to sit here during this conversation or any conversation that we ever have, Dwight, and think, oh, yeah, I got this. I'm the good soil. My my heart is groping towards your words like, okay, how how do I become good soil? How do I make sure that I'm good soil? Because I really need Jesus. <laughs> I need him to plant his seed in me this next couple of weeks while I'm on vacation. I want to hear from him and I want to be healthy. Okay. Well, let me, let me give you some ways to do that because, you know, when we, you know, Jesus, the master teacher gives us four different soils and says only one of them is going to produce any results. And the exciting thing is that one's going to get 30, 60, maybe a hundred to yeah. one. Yeah, I know. So if I'm doing the things in that mindset, oh my goodness gracious, it will be dramatic. The results will be profound, but, but how do you get that? Because I'm married to an amazing woman who could make anything grow. She has a green thumb. She has two green thumbs. People bring their dead and or dying plants to Sheila and she can rescue them. She's really good, but she pays attention to the soil. Can't have too much water. Can't have too much acidity. You got to sometimes got to fix the lime balance. I mean, she's really got it down to a science. She's really gifted at that. And so when I look at, so how do I help get that right mindset? Well, you learn from good gardeners. You learn from good farmers. They're always working the soil. There's no day off for a farmer. There's no, there's no couple of weeks where I can just, you know, sit back and goof off and I'm really going to have the kind of spiritual depth that I want to have in my life. Because when we look at spiritually and emotionally and to a large degree physically, I need to be able to have a plan. I live in the vacation capital of North America and it's one of the busiest vacation capitals in the world. It's Orlando, Florida. And Lisa, you know that Orlando, one of the most visited places in the entire world, one point two million people a week visit Orlando. Wow. And I love Orlando, but I have to tell you, if you've ever been here at Disney World in July, waiting in the 45 minute long line for the Jungle Cruise and it's hot and you're paying three dollars for a Coca-Cola and all of a sudden you're thinking, you know, I could be at a beach somewhere. I could be in the hotel room and this I'm not having as much fun because vacation is different than what the British take and it's called a holiday. You see, some people go on a trip and other people go to get refreshed. Yeah. So if I go on a trip and I see a lot of things and I wave hi at Mickey and I, you know, see Shamu and I do all the cool stuff in Orlando and I race to get here, get on a plane, get the kids, get the luggage, get to the hotel, race to see all the shows. You got to see all the shows. What time's the three o'clock parade? Three o'clock parade is three o'clock. <laughs> Most, you know, popular question in Disney World. And I get, I get it all done and I race and I squeeze everything in and we're sunburned and blistered and we squeeze all the stuff back onto the plane and we fly home. <laughs> we're more tired than when we left. Right. <laughs> you know, here's a thought. You tell the whole family, we're going to Disney World for vacation, and you go hide in the family room, and then people leave you alone for a week because they think you don't have Wi-Fi at your hotel. See, that's how it works. <laughs> so what's the answer to my question? <laughs> <laughs> so here's how you get rid. If you're a good gardener, you're always going to have weeds. Yeah. If you're a good farmer, and you may have seen this, Lisa, in some parts of, of Europe, some parts of New England. There are rock walls between the farms. And I asked a guide yeah. once, where do rocks come from? And he laughed and said, from the field. 
And I said, well, that seems like an awful lot of work. He said, okay, two things. One, there's not a lot of lumber. And back then you used lumber for your houses. You used lumber for fuel. You didn't use lumber for fencing. And he mm-hmm. said, two, and this one, this part made me cry. It always does. He said, Dwight, here's how it would work. You get a spot of land for your family and you're plowing along and you need that field to produce a crop to feed your family. And you hit a big rock and you know, I can't grow anything when there's a huge rock the size of a Toyota in the middle of this field. So he said, you'd spend hours, you'd spend days breaking up that rock, chipping up that rock. So your son and the next generation would not have to. Oh, wow. And you'd drag those rocks to the edge of the field. Wow. And you'd pile them up because it was a marker between farms or sometimes between fields. But when he told me that, I got real tearful. And I always get tearful when I think about it. Because my mom and dad moved away from a small town in Kentucky where there was a lot of dysfunction. And they moved to Orlando, Florida. Because they said, my whole lifetime, they said, we don't want you to have to carry some of the pressure and problems and pain that we had. They broke up some rocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't struggle with alcoholism like so many of my relatives because I was never around it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't struggle with abuse and violence and rage and knocking the table over and violent fits that some of my cousins tell me that they grew up with because I was never around it. My mom and dad, I love them so much. They broke up the big rocks and drug them to the edge of the field. So, so much of my life was so much easier than theirs. They made huge sacrifices. And one of the, the greatest motivating things in my life was to say, yeah. how can I move some big rocks out of the way so my kids have it easier? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want them to carry these burdens. And the field, there's you're always going to be cruising along and, and son of a gun, there's another rock. There's another weed. You see, a weed is things that we get worried about and gossip and dumb time wasters and opinion and who do I think is right and who's going to change America and people yelling and screaming and shouting. It's not going to help your your, your, your spiritual life. It's not going to help your emotional life. Yelling at the top of your lungs that your political party's right and the other guys are wrong, <laughs> not going to make you a better Christian. Just pause right there. I mean, there's so much wisdom and insight into those sentences you just said. It's just crazy. My goodness, the cares well, cra- and worries of this crazy. world. Yep, I've cares got that and worries one. of this world. It's the cares and worries of this world, and they choke out the seed. Yeah, and the cares and worries, and and at least I said that one's the most dangerous because I don't know what your backyard looks like, but a whole lot of people's backyards, the weeds are kind of green colored, and the grass mm-hmm. is kind of green colored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of hard mm-hmm. to tell them apart sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, Sheila's always battling crabgrass, and from a distance, it looks green. Kind of looks like grass. You know, but she'll be able to point out because she's so good at that. Yeah. And, and, and the thing that we can do is to get somebody in our life that's really good at spotting things. It's why I go to a counselor and why you go to a counselor and why pretty much everybody healthy that you and I know go to counseling. Makes me wonder about the people that don't. That's a <laughs> subject for a different day. Because <laughs> you want to have somebody in your life who says, friend, I think that's a weed. I think that's, that's starving out some of the growth. I think it's, that's choking the seed. That's choking the message that God has for you. You know what? That's that's hurting you more than you know. That's a blind spot. I don't think you realize it because it's green, it's growing, and you think you're doing great. But I'm telling you, I think it's in your way. To me, that's the most dangerous one. The character stuff, you know, the the, the, the terrible choices and temptations, nobody really defends. You don't have to tell an alcoholic, I think you drink too much. He, he, he already knows. You don't have to tell someone who has a sexual addiction, you know, I think you have a sexual addiction. You need to make some better choices with men. She already knows that. You don't have to spend any time helping somebody with the character flaw. Usually people already know those. But weeds, 
man, those are easy to defend and minimize and justify and rationalize and somehow blame shift away. And it chokes the very life of the message that God wants us to have. And it steals the change of the good life that God wants us to have 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, Lisa, if we get this right.